You're now listening to A New Coat of Paint, starring the owners of LJK Finishes, Lewis J. Katz, and Scott Katz. A New Coat of Paint is a podcast for independent painters, wallpaper hangers, and contractors of any size to discuss their craft, business practices, marketing strategies, and a lot more. For all your contracting questions, with a special expert lens on wallpaper, this is A New Coat of Paint. Welcome to the New Coat of Paint podcast, hosted by Lewis and Scott Katz. Thank you to Tooltags for all your tool tracking needs. Visit tooltagsapp.com for more info. Thanks. Good afternoon. This is the New Coat of Paint podcast. As always, with you is your host, Scott Katz. And Lewis Katz. Today. Welcome to our uh, our nightmare. <laughs> Today, we want to keep away from the virus stuff and talk more about regular business because hopefully we'll all get back there soon. So we want to focus today on, to start with networking, something that everybody does inadvertently, but if you can really focus on it, it can definitely help you grow your business and turn it into something bigger than it is today. And I think that's everybody's goal when you're in this industry. Yeah, networking is, I think, an integral part of the business. A lot of people don't realize when they're doing it um, and make a lot of mistakes when they are doing it. So uh, I think it's a great place for us to start. Okay, so why don't we start talking about the benefits of networking and the different kinds of networking that we do in our regular day-to-day stuff and then you know, the more formal networking groups and, you know, industry-specific things? Well, I mean, the first thing we all start to do is basically tell our friends that we're, we're starting this. It's like any other business, whether it be multi-level marketing or a huge corporation uh, that gets started. You start by telling your friends, your family, and you want those people to go over and go out and tell other people that you're good at what you do. So in today's world, a lot of that has to do with websites and with um, uh, you know sites like House and sites like Yelp and sites like uh, Facebook, where you're able to post materials um, about your company, uh, tell them what's going on within your company, and stay in touch. LinkedIn, another great one for business, um, where you're talking with other business professionals. Certainly a place that you're not posting a lot of jokes. Um, uh, you really want to stay focused. If you want to have a Facebook page dedicated to your business, have your own personal page so you can put jokes or whatever else you want, joke around with your friends and family. But for for business, you need to have a dedicated site. Well, I think social media is definitely, especially in the modern world, a really big one. Um, do you think utilizing multiple platforms of social media is the way to go? Do you like to stay more focused? And, you know, when you're publishing things on social media, how do you like to get it out to your widest audience? Well, there's a lot of, lot of things with social media that you need to do. And multiple platforms is definitely the way to go. There's many ways of uh, doing multiple platforms. Even if it's the same post on five different sites like Yelp, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and so on, uh, Twitter. By going over and having those multiple platforms, you're getting out to more people and your your voice is being heard. You have a multiple amount of people, multitudes of people who are doing the same thing. So you need to distinguish yourself. Also, the more times you post on your different uh, social medias, the higher your analytics are when it comes to Google and Bing and so on. Also, posting on Google and Bing and making sure that you're a business on those sites is really important if you want to be included in the analytics and you want people to, to find you if you are not posting and you're not doing something to bring people to your page people are not going to find you uh, yeah and I think that another thing that we've been doing a lot especially more recently is finding groups that you can be affiliated with that give you accreditation like the Better Business Bureau that allows you to put their logo on your website put your logo Put their logo on your Facebook and social media outlets so that people know that you're a real business, that people know that you're not going to take their money and run. We in the contracting business, I think, have this really weird stigma because of a few bad apples that 
we're everybody's fly by night. It, overnight, your company name is going to change. You're going to disappear, move to a different state, and never turn up to finish somebody's job after you poked a big, you ripped a big hole in their wall. And I think that anything you could do to give people confidence that you are not one of those is always a good thing. You need people to trust you. They're going to be welcoming into them, welcoming you into their home, welcoming you into their business. They're going to be spending hard-earned money to do something that, you know, is is about trust. You know, they want to know that they know some things, but they don't know everything. So they want to know that when you build a wall, the wall is not going to fall down. They want to know when you put up a shelf that whatever they put on the shelf is safe. They want to know that when you put up wallpaper, that you're going to make the room as beautiful as possible, and two months from now, the wallpaper isn't going to come peeling off the walls. It's not just that. You're also in their private space. You know, um, I don't know if, uh, you know, you ever gone to a diner and you sat at the counter, and when people sit right next to you, you start to go over and feel that, that closeness. That's because they're invading your personal space. And that happens in people's homes. You, you are in their personal space where they are typically the one place where they can be themselves. But their guard's down. But their guard is down. So you, you really need to respect that. Um, and if you're bringing someone into their home, they want to know that it's someone that they can leave in their house, that people aren't going through their drawers, that they're not being ripped off. Um, so, have, you know, not just that, but it's simple things. People also want to know that you're not using their master bathroom to go to the bathroom in the middle of a work day. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? It's, it's, when we often lose that because we're so used to being in other people's personal space that you don't realize for so many people how precious that is. They go to work in an office all day. They're on top of a lot of people. They don't have the same kind of freedom that a lot of contractors do have. And they're not working outside. They're not getting fresh air. They're cooped up in a building. In an, you know, with if they're lucky, they have a window. If not, they have three cubicle walls. They're staring at people they don't really love all day. And then they get home, and they want to know that their their home is their sanctuary. And if somebody's been there all day, first they have to trust you to be there because otherwise, you know, they have, they, to, they have to take time off, and that's not really that. So it's costing them double. So if they have to take time off and they're not getting paid for the day and they're going over and paying you, that's really paying you double. So you want to give them an environment that lends itself for them to go out and make a living while you're doing their work. Because then they're, yeah. then they're able to pay for the work that's getting done. And the way this ties back into you know social media networking is we now live in a very digital world. And so these are, are strangers. The, the best way to make a first impression is often on the internet, your website, your social media, and the way that you're accredited by whether you've taken training courses and you make sure you highlight that on your website, or you're better, better Business Bureau accredited, or you're a member of the PDCA, or the WIA, or any of these other you know, big organizations that give people some confidence, say, oh, this person is a real professional. Even if you're just doing it as a sole proprietor, you want to be professional. You want people to have that confidence, and then you get the the chance to make an in-person first impression. Also, uh, you know, as far as first impressions go, uh, there are so many groups out there now on so many social medias um, that are neighborhood groups. Um, around uh, us, we have things like Scarsdale Moms or um, you know Next Door. Is another big one that's a neighborhood-centric uh, type of, of uh, a program. Those people, if they're talking about you, the people in the neighborhood are talking about you. If they're saying good things, then you're going to get a lot of good feedback. If you're, they're saying bad things, you're going to get a lot of bad feedback. And bad feedback is, you know, is not what you want. And the truth is, we all know, one piece of bad feedback, one bad review is... Outweighed is not outweighed by 50 good reviews. 50 good reviews, people are like, oh, whatever. It's the one bad review that you're really trying to do your best to avoid. And that, no, you're not going to make everybody happy. But even when somebody isn't happy, what you want to make sure is that you're do you don't want to put them in a position where they feel like they have to go to the internet and tell people not to use you. 
they might not have gotten exactly what they wanted or exactly what they were expecting. And part of that is managing expectations, something that's really important to our job. But even Which will be a whole other episode. And, but none of us are perfect, and no business is perfect, and everybody makes mistakes. I mean, IBM sells millions of computers. There are people out there that buy an IBM computer, and it's broken from the factory, and they're not happy with it. But the goal is that after that happens, that person gets the broken computer, that you spill some paint in someone's garage, you, you know, an emergency comes up, and you can't, you know, you need to take two days because a family member got sick and you're the only person that does this work and you have to put somebody off for a couple of days, you don't want to leave them feeling like, oh, here we go, another one of those terrible contractors. You want them to say, okay, this is a mistake, this is part of life and they're going to work with me to do their best to fix it and I'm going to at least leave with respect for this person that they tried to do their best. And when you try to do your best and people acknowledge that, it's much more difficult for them to excuse my French, be an asshole and go online to just blast you for no reason. Also, uh, one of my mentors, um, one of the first things he told me when I was thinking about going into business was your business is not rated on how much good will you have, it's rated on how little bad will you have. Um, that, that's, that's where your value is, is how little bad will. And some of that is, is done through how you handle problems because there's always going to be problems nothing is is problem free and our industry certainly isn't we, we there's a lot of different uh, manufacturers that are all coming together that aren't working together that we're supposed to go over as contractors put together into a package so that means you have a primer company that's making its primers but not knowing whether or not it's going to work with the material that that's coming out you have wallpaper manufacturers making materials who can only react to how the primers are working with their materials and saying yay or nay on those or, and letting people know what they're, they're doing. And then you have the guys who don't know how to do prep at all, who are doing poor jobs at prep. So uh, then you have, you, know, a lot, you have the paints that are on the wall. So there's a lot of stuff in there that really goes over and makes a difference on how you end up doing your job and how well you coordinate and swim through those waters and if and if you have a problem how quickly and how well you handle it and that's one of the things about our industry is we all kind of have our own personal touch there is not necessarily one right way to hang wallpaper or one right, right way to paint a room or one right way to prep a room everybody to engineer a room there, there's a lot of different, everybody's got their own personal experience, their own local experience, their own history, and everybody has their own way of being the most efficient and doing what they think is the best job possible. And yes, we all have to educate ourselves and make sure that we're not just throwing mud on walls and leaving, and you know, making a mess everywhere. But at the same time, because there's no one right way to do most of the things that we do, it's really important to communicate and to guide expectations and to make sure that people understand what you're doing and you understand what they're looking for. I think one of the big uh, mistakes, whether it be networking or um, doing work in people's homes, is people forget to talk to the clients. Uh, whether they be a designer um, in your networking areas um, or other business people, communication is, is huge. Um, a, a lot of times, you know, we are prejudiced, not as people, but as, as our ideas of how something is supposed to be done, yeah. how something's supposed to look. And everybody is brought up differently. They all have their own personal experiences and they have their own expectations of what they're looking for. And if you can show them and ask them the questions that help them transmit that information to you, you will be doing them a huge favor because you're gonna give them more of what they want, not so much what you want, because this is not always about what you want. This is about how you go over and make people happy. And that, by making people happy, your networking becomes more and more efficient. And I think that's a, a good place to kind of transition because 
where yes, we do live in a modern digital world where websites and social media are really big for networking, but there's also the, and you want to call it old school, but there's the personal side of that. There's the going into your local hardware stores and paint stores and making friends, bringing coffee, bringing donuts to the guys in the store, working in the store, so that they're, you know, making, you know, introducing you to them and them to you so that they recommend you and they can give people confidence. People, whether or not those people are experts, when people come into a paint store to buy paint or a hardware store to buy hardware or, you know, whatever they're buying, they ask people who are making, you know, minimum wage on an hourly salary, whatever they're making, in a in a store who the best person is. And they might not be a contractor themselves. They might not be an expert on how to paint a wall or how to build a wall or how to install a toilet. But when they tell somebody somebody's name, it that becomes, they become the experts. And you're and <laughs> that's that, who you depend on. And and those kinds of things allow you to again have that professional side of things where people can see that if the store that's been there for 30 years is telling people to use you, they've been there for 30 years, they're not going to tell you to use somebody that's going to make you not want to come back to them. Right. They also don't want the complaints later on. So that, that's, a, that's a real important thing. Uh, things I used to do when I first started is, you know, when I had days off because we didn't have work every day, I would go and I would sit in the paint stores and in the wallpaper stores and help clients. People would come in, they would need help with something, and I would show them that I'm an expert, and I would help the store out because I would be picking up some of the slack that they, you know, sometimes they have a lot of customers in, and I keep their customers busy. And so they, they are, are willing to go over and say, you know what, Lewis is doing this for me, what can I do for him? Because as one of the big networking organizations says, which is B&I, uh, Business Network International is, givers gain. That is a true statement no matter where you are. Givers gain, that's something you all need to learn. So I used to, and I still do for a lot of my major uh, clients like stores and designers, I do stuff for them in-house. So um, if it's a paint store or wallpaper store, I'll hang wallpaper for them, whether it be in their bathrooms or in displays and not charge them so that they can go over and keep their stores up. And when you're doing things like that, then they want to help you because you are helping them. The other thing that my father always taught me to do is give gifts. We like to give gifts Christmas time, Valentine's days. When obviously you have to be able to afford it. You don't want to have to be extravagant, but you want to be smart. You want to give something that has some meaning, something that's not just yeah, don't, don't, just don't go out and buy, and buy trinkets. You know, getting everybody pens is, is not getting you any goodwill. It's a lot of money for a lot of nothing. And not just that, but you also don't want to just be throwing out branded, you know, merchandise. You don't want to give people... You don't want to just be giving people stress balls with your logo on it. Yeah, yeah, that's the real... If you're going to give a gift, you want it to be meaningful and you want it to be um, important. Uh, things I used to do... Um, for the design department for one of my major uh, stores where they have 10 different stores, I would go to Tiffany's and I would buy Tiffany pens. You're only talking about you know, 50 to $100. And maybe there was 10 people that I was getting it for. But when you, you as a designer get a Tiffany pen, you know you're sitting up and going, and every time they pick up that pen, you know they're thinking about me. And, and the feeling that they got the moment they got that gift. That's, that, that feeling, if you can make it carry on, it is well worth the price. Yeah, and I mean, we're not talking about tens of thousands of dollars. You know, $10, $50 pens is only 500 bucks, but it comes in that Tiffany blue box. We all know what that reaction gets. <laughs> and, and it's really easy to figure that out. Go to your QuickBooks or whatever accounting uh, that you're using and take a look and see who your biggest sales were. The, you know, the, the top three salespeople, sales um, to whichever client it is, 
those are the people you want to give something to. You know, if there's ten designers in a in a network of stores and you spend five hundred dollars, they only really have to give you two five, days yeah, worth yeah. of work to pay for all of that. <laughs> so if one of them gives you a job that pays, that's a week's worth of work, two weeks worth of work, you've made your money back fivefold. Right. Exactly. And you're in the you're back in the black and you're making money and it. it what cost you? Ten minutes at a Tiffany store, five minutes to with each girl, with each person in the design department that you're smoozing with. Yeah, it's, just remember there are a lot of male designers out there, and they like Tiffany pens also. So this is not a gender thing. This this is about anyone who gets something from Tiffany's is going to go over and sit up and say, "Wow." And, and it's not just, you know, um, Tiffany's is, is one example. There are loads of examples of quality gifts that you can give. And what I'm saying is, is that take your top three or five um, producers that, you know, whichever five top clients are that gave you the top 20% of your income, those are the clients that you're going to go over and uh, give something that, that's meaningful to because they made your business. The person who gave you uh, a $500 during the year, that's not the person, you know, they don't need a pen from you because they don't really care. And they certainly don't need you to give them a $100 gift because that's never coming back to you. You want to give the people that go over and do business. And if you have specific clients that you'd like to bring up into that top percent, those are the clients you want to go over and work with. And we're talking not just gifts. We're talking about a lunch or a coffee or just stopping in with a half a dozen donuts and sitting for a few minutes, finding out how their day is, not how much business they've given you, not how much you can go over and do Just go find out how they are. Stop for a minute and ask them personally. People want a connection. They don't want you, if you're the guy who walks in every time and is with the handout looking for work and looking for, they don't want you. <laughs> they, they, they're looking for work too. Did you bring anything to the table? That's the other thing we do. We have you know certain clients um, that are designers or design stores that we make sure that when people ask us as the experts where we would go is those are the people that we're recommending so that those people get more work. This is a two-way street. We're all dependent on each other. Yeah, I agree. And, and also, those stores, I mean, especially some of the, you know, the bigger and the smaller stores, they are driven by their sales. They're driven by customers coming in. And so when they see that you're bringing business to them, they want to bring business to you. Not just the people, you know, there are two different groups of people in these stores. They're the, the people who are really important that are recommending you, that are the people working at the counters, the people in the design departments, the people who are helping the customers. But there's also the higher ups. Those people tend to be there longer term. They tend to help be growing the business. If that, if that paint store is expanding and opening a new store, they're part of that. And those are the people that drive the direction of those businesses. And so you want to be good with them. And for those people, a lot of them, it's the bottom line that's the driving factor. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, yeah, you can you want to give them the same kind of gifts. You want to be attentive and be personal with them. But they have friends. Everybody has friends. They want to see that you're helping their business, not just that you are, you know, looking for something from them, that you're looking to get work you buy your materials there, but you don't care about anything else. They want to see that you care about not just them, but their business. Because for all of us, our business is our, a lot of the times a, a, a huge chunk of our lives. It's why today, with all of the craziness going on, we're all so stressed out. It's why it's you know we're, we're dwelling on what comes next. Because we build our lives around this. We have friends, we have personal lives, we have personal pursuits, but this is what we do eight, 10 hours a day, five, six, seven days a week. This is what we're, we're dedicated, this is how we feed our families. And that's as personal as it gets for anyone. And when you remember that sending somebody in to buy one gallon of paint 
And then they end up in a store, and that store does their job. And instead of one gallon of paint, they end up spending $2,000 in this store. One, you're helping the people in the store, you're feeding their families, you're keeping their business going. And every time they buy stuff in the store, the more they buy in that store, the more likely they're gonna give you more business. Hey, I didn't realize they had this thing in that store. Now I wanna install this in my house. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, we can go on forever about how we'll take care of the stores and designers. There's a lot of other networking groups. Right now, um, a lot of these networking groups are not, you know, it, obviously a lot of people aren't getting to go to face-to-face -to -face meetings, but they are doing, uh, you know, video chats and uh, meetings online, like GoToMeeting and Zoom and Skype, where they're having meetings with these networking groups that are out, that are out there. And there's some really good networking groups. And, and there's a lot of different reasons you join networking groups. There's industry specific, so that you not only are you able to network with other contractors, so if you take on a bigger job, you'll have the resources to maybe find people to help you get the job accomplished, but also because of the knowledge that you're gonna get. If you have 20 contractors in a room, you're gonna have 20 different ways of doing a, a particular job. And if your way isn't working, there may be 19 other ways in that room that may go over and someone may have seen your problem, may have dealt with your problem. That's why you go out and you network with these kind of and groups. And the other thing is you could have been doing something for five, 10 years one way, and then somebody could introduce you to a way that will save you 15% of the time that it takes you to do that and make your life a lot easier. And it could be game changing, something small. But also the other thing is being educated, being up on the new trends, being up on the new technology, being up on every method of install that you could possibly be informed on allows you to also relate to the people in these stores, to the customers. You're able to, one, be the expert, which is really important. You want to maintain that you are the expert. You wanna, you're not always gonna be the smartest person in the room, but you wanna be the most well-informed person on your thing in the room. And you wanna be able to relate to people. Sitting down with a designer and having a conversation, just like for you and your a lot of your life is being a contractor, a lot of their life is being a designer. So when you can sit down and talk to them about new color trends, about what's happening in, you know, what kind of new wallpapers are printing and what you're hanging a lot of in people's homes and what color, you know, the, the color specialists and Benjamin Moore are recommending this year as their new color palette. And uh, what, talking about color palettes, I mean, we went to um, a color consultation with a Benjamin Moore rep the other day and one of the things that, that you don't realize is how lighting affects color. And they're able to actually bring lights in and show you how something as simple as simple white looks different under different lighting. And when you bring that to a table and you walk into a room and you go, what's the lighting gonna be to the designer? Because the color that you're picking is gonna look like a different color than what you're looking for. And that to make sure that they understand that their lighting is affecting it, you, you just paid for your day, all right? You, that client, that designer, that, that architect is gonna say, you know what, that was a great point and I'm going to adjust what I'm doing. You just went over and made yourself valuable and there's nothing better in the world than being valuable to somebody. Or take for example, we did an epoxy floor in a commercial kitchen and the customer I don't know if they knew exactly what they were expecting. We were doing it for as a subcontractor for another contractor, so we didn't have much contact with the direct customer. But because we have our relationships, when that customer had some questions about the product and the material and the install, they had some questions about the finish and whether or not it was going to give them what they wanted in the long term, we were able to, in five minutes, call the Benjamin Moore rep and call the sales rep from the store that we bought all the material and rented the equipment from and because they like us and because we have a relationship with them and because we do a lot of business with them they immediately found a, a time in their schedule they drove up to this job they came and they were able to a 
again, assert that we're the experts, that we did the job the right way, we did the, it, the prep work the right way, that the product looked great and is exactly what it's supposed to look like. And then it really explained to the customer some of the specifics and the details that not, that not everybody, I mean, the chemical compounds of things that not everybody is versed in. And that again, shows that we're experts and it, it backs us up. And then the customer is able to say, oh, well, if everybody in everybody who here is an expert is telling me this, then maybe it's me that has a, a, or, a or, or or able to sit down and say, you know what? Well, then I made a mistake, or somebody made a mistake, and let, how do we correct it? And by brainstorming, by having reps, and by having uh, you know these different people with you, and having your own expertise, you're able to come up with a solution sometimes. So, like for us, it was a simple solution. They were complaining about scuff marks on the floor, and we turned to them and said, well, have you taken a buffing machine to the floor? And they were like, no, can I do that? And I said, yeah, you want an epoxy floor. This is 100% solid, clean away. They called us back and said, you know what? That was amazing. And it's just that little bit of education that the difference between an unhappy customer or somebody demanding that you redo something on your own dime, <laughs> and a happy customer that sent out the last check, everybody got paid, and we haven't heard from, and, and we won't hear from again until they're ready to do more work. Right, right. And we already know that the contractor that subbed us out has gotten uh, a bunch of work out of it, and so is the rep. Um, they, they, they turned know. around, they started using Benjamin Moore instead of another company's uh, paint that they were using. So, uh, you know, all our reps <laughs> went over, they spent some time, but they ended up with, with brand new business for a major institution. So remember that, you know, everybody can go over and, and, and profit. And it's not always profit about money. Profit is also about uh, personal space and time and, and uh, feelings. Those are all profits. When, if everybody feels good when a job is done, you've profited. Even if you didn't make a dollar, you profited because people are happy with what's going on. Because I think we all understand that the lifeblood of our business, personally and collectively, is lead generation and sales. And that's the thing that I think is the, the big picture reason that all this networking matters. Education is important relationships are important but really what you want is the most work that you, you want to be working every day eight ten hours a day and making as much money as you possibly can getting your family the best of everything that you can afford to give them to be the most efficient with your time to grow your business to stop being the person on their hands and knees every single day doing all of the work and growing to a larger entity to something that is self-sustaining something that you can leave behind and have a legacy and that's really the the brass tacks of what networking and relationships get you yeah and, and listen guys you know you're, you I know you're out there you're listening to us and, and hearing things we would love feedback so you know you can go over and give feedback to the to the station and let us know about what networking things that you do, some of the, the, some of the items that you do that maybe we can carry forward and we could share with our audience so that you're out there uh, letting us know what things are you doing because that's what we're all here for. How do we all go over and get better at what we do? And, you know, I think that that, you know, that really ties into the next thing that I think we want to talk about, which is... How you, you know, how you get started, and then once you've started this business, how you grow through networking and through sales to become something more than just, you know, a guy who does some work in a sole proprietorship. So, you know, I mean, why don't we talk about that? I mean, I know for my father, he started as a wallpaper hanger, somebody who showed up himself every day. With well, his before, before I even did that, I, I started as an apprentice. I, I, I have, you know, we, we have family. I'm really third generation into this business. So I apprenticed for two years as a painter and learned all about painting. And then I went to uh, wallpaper school based on recommendation from my uncle who taught and turned me on to that there is an actual school or was an actual accredited school that had this. But when I came back, the way I started my business, because I was a painter before I started paper hanging, 
I was able to answer ads in the paper. It was summertime. I started answering ads uh, for painters. And I started working for other painting contractors. And while on the job, I would turn to them and say, by the way, I hang wallpaper. I actually got my first wallpaper job on the unemployment line. Because when I came back from wallpaper school, I had just spent three months in wallpaper school. I had no job. I was, you know, out of work. I had spent three months. I was on the line. I was talking with some people. And I met a woman. Um, and Becky, if you're ever out there listening, thank you very much. Um, we could. She gave me my first job. And from her, I got 10 to 15 jobs over the years until she moved out of New York. I had worked from multiple, multiple people from this woman um, because she enjoyed the work that we did and we did the right thing by her. So, you know, you'd never know when you're going to get a job. I got it on the unemployment line, guys. What you have to do is be out there. You always have to have business cards on you, and you want to go out and go to as many places and talk to as many people and offer your services. Offer your services where your kids go to school, even if you don't have kids in school. Offer your, your contracting knowledge to a volunteer group that does stuff at schools um, so you get to know the neighborhood. You, you want to get involved with your community. Uh, you want to go over to, to uh, you know, baseball games and little league games and, and, and uh, you know, football games that are in the community and, and sponsor teams and go out and root for, for high school groups. Because by being part of the community, people tend to want to be with people that are, you know, that are having the same interests as them. Yeah, and not just that, I think as we tie into networking, the other thing is, and I'm sure everybody realizes, we are in what could only be defined as a saturated market. There are a lot of people who do what we all do. With uh, paintings-wise, anyway. Most of, there's a lot of plumbers. Yeah. There's a lot of electricians. There's a lot of carpenters and general contractors. There are a lot of wallpaper hangers, maybe less than some of those other things, but there are still a lot of people who had wallpaper. Whether or not they're any good at it, there are a lot of people. <laughs> That's true. It's a lot of people. Not everybody is good, obviously. And so the key is that not only do you want to know as many of those people as possible, but the one thing that is really troubling in a lot of our, our market is because there are a lot of different styles of business and that ranges from somebody who's just trying to make sure they have a job at least three, four days a week and have enough money to pay their rent, and somebody who is running a business that has a hundred painters and are doing huge commercial jobs. And there's everything in between. And so one of the struggles I think that we face is because of that saturation in the market, there's very little continuity in pricing. Some people value a job at $200, and I can look at that same job and say it's $2,000. And that's because we have different priorities, we're trying to accomplish different things, we're going to do a different level of job, and also, the, as a business owner, I have overhead that maybe somebody who's just showing up to paint walls is, doesn't have. And I think that that's the other thing that networking buys you. Because what a lot of people don't realize is, yeah, they may be getting a lot of work because they're undercutting everybody else, but they could be charging more and still getting a ton of work, but working smarter instead of harder. Doing three jobs a week at $500 makes you more money than doing five jobs a week at $200. It's also, you have to decide whether you're going to be a worker or a businessman. And it's a very different set of skills. Um, as a businessman, yeah, I may still be on the walls, I may still paint, I may still wallpaper, I may still be a carpenter or a plumber, but if I have employees, I'm multiplying what I can physically do. Um, how much paper can you physically do in a day? I'm 64 years old. I'm not hanging the way I did when I was 30. It's just not happening. My body is not there anymore. I don't care how much you exercise. My knees hurt. My shoulders hurt. That's, that's the fact. You know, when you're, you're a carpenter, a plumber, you know, your hands, you, you know, there's a lot of, your back, there's a lot of stuff that starts to hurt when you get older. 
So by going over, and let me tell you something, I will say this many, many times, start yourself an apprentice program. Eventually, you're going to want to stop, and you, you want to pass on your trade. It is so important. The trades have gotten such a bad rep over the years. People have gone out and spent millions of dollars on school to become fancy lawyers and so on. And I know paper hangers and painters who are making just as much money running efficient businesses and becoming good businessmen who are out there controlling the quality of their work and doing the job by teaching other people. It's so important. And you gotta remember, I think anybody, at least for me, I'll speak for myself, when you get into the being a businessman category, being an entrepreneur, not just being somebody who goes to school and goes to, you know, shows up in an office and works nine to five, five days a week, collects a paycheck and goes home. Part of what you're after is legacy. You wanna leave your mark on the world, you wanna do the best thing for your family, you want something to pass on. And for me, I've been lucky enough to spend the last 15 years working with my father and spending every day learning things from him and growing with him. And as I've become, you know, going from being a 21-year-old kid to being a 36-year-old man, I've been able to learn tons of invaluable lessons from that relationship. And now, when he does decide to retire, I'll be able to take up the mantle, make sure that he's comfortable as he gets older, and make sure the thing that he spent his whole life building will carry on beyond him. And I mean, that I think is what everybody wants. You want your family to look up to you. You don't want to, you know, you want your kids to be, to be, have better than you had, to be, have it easier yeah, than absolutely. you had. But, you know, the, you know to, to want them to be like you it is a great aspiration to have. You shouldn't have to be ashamed that, that you work with your hands. You should be that proud that you work with your hands. We're the people, look what's going on in the world. All those little people are the people that are the essential people. Um, even at this point, construction is still, you know, not non-essential, uh, you know, construction was canceled today. But up to today, we've been considered essential uh, personnel. Think about that. We have been, construction people have been essential personnel. Uh, building, uh, taking the Javits Center and turning it into a mobile um, healthcare clinic in order to go over and fight the, 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 you know, the pandemic that's out there. Those were people in our trades. We should all be proud of that. And the, you know what's the great thing, spending the last 16 years working with my son, is the places that I've been able to take him, the people that we've gotten to meet. You know, we've been lucky that way, that we've met a lot of celebrities and a lot of wealthy people and a lot of really interesting people. Just people, teachers and, and, and people who work in museums and, and, and the fascinating things, people who have started companies and, and who are out there doing it on a daily basis, artists, other artists, people within our own networking um, and, and people within our own trades who are truly artists. Let me tell you what a privilege that is. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, as we circle back to networking, you know, that networking is kind of like, you know, it's like building any relationship, building any family. The closer you are with people, the better you know them. The more that you can lean on them for help when you need it, they can lean on you for help when you need it. And in a time like this, when everybody needs help and everybody is struggling, it's good to have a network of people to lean on, a network of people so you know that you're not alone in those struggles, so that you can share the good and the bad days. Because we all have good days and we all have bad ones. And you wanna make sure that you don't have to go through that alone. And that's really what networking comes down to, is being able to share the pluses and minuses, being able to spread out the burdens and let the rising tide raise all ships. And it's a good analogy for, uh, for the times. But um, yeah, I, you know, to me, it's just, it's just been a privilege um, over the years on, on getting to do some of the jobs that I've done um, seeing my work in magazines, 
being quoted, being on TV. These are, they're all great things, but let me tell you, the best time in my life is those times like this, where I get to sit here and talk in front of a microphone with my son. You don't beat that, let me tell you. I agree. And, you know, a lot of families, they, they drift apart, they do different things. And I'm not saying you have to, your kids have to get into your business in order to be close with them. And you know what? You might sit there as a contractor who spent 20 years working hard to struggling to make ends meet and say, I'd rather my kid go to medical school and be a doctor or go to law school and be a lawyer or go to business school and work on Wall Street. There's nothing wrong with that either, but you still want to have a network of, of people, a family in the business because for a lot of us, we don't have that fallback that we just show up at an office and other people show up there because everybody's getting a paycheck. Mm -hmm. There, This is an isolated business. You're out there on your own. You're trying to compete against people. You're rugged individualists. You're trying to sell to, mm -hmm. to people. You're trying to... You're sitting at home at midnight on a Wednesday knowing you have to be up at 5.30 the next morning to get to work, doing billing and writing estimates and reading things online and trying to figure out how you're going to <coughs> pay your own bills... And uh, just remember, I mean, the world owes you a living, but you got to work hard to collect it. So, you know, working hard is, is a good thing. That's, that's, that's how you get satisfaction. If it's all just falling into your lap, it's not really, you know, uh, satis satisfying. Uh, you know, you have to work at something to go over. And, and working at your trade, whatever it might be, or working at your, your business, whatever it might be, or working in the industry, whatever it might be, it doesn't matter if you're the guy wiping the floors up or you're the guy making all the decisions and most of the money. It, it's you know how you treat other people and what you bring to the table and that everybody, no matter how little they are, how big they are, they're important in, in the scheme of things. Because without all those little other things, the big things don't happen. Yeah, and what you want to be able to do is, at the end of the day, be proud of what you do and be proud of your work. You want to be able to look, I don't care if all you did was paint a, a, a small closet, the four walls and the ceiling in white. You want to be able to look and say, I did a good job with that. I did the best job that I can do. And not just that, but that's what we were talking about before with pricing and making sure that you're getting what you're, what you're valued. If you take nothing to do the job, you always leave feeling like nothing. You want to be able to take a job for the price that makes sense and be proud, say, I did something today with value, and the person who I did it for values me. Because if we all have that, then we can all get to the next day. We can, everybody has days, I don't care where you come from, I don't care what you do, everybody has days where they're trying to figure out how to pay the bills, trying to figure out how to get the things they want for themselves and their families. But when you can leave the end, that's the one thing that so many businesses don't have, but our business in the trades is something that you can really put your hands on. I don't care if you, you know, unclog the toilet or, you know, change the washer on a sink or rewire the whole house. You want to be able to be, I did. Right, or did an accent wall in somebody's room. I'm proud of what I did today. I created, I helped create something. I helped build something. I help fix something, and I'm helping somebody get what, you know, make their life better, make their life easier. And in return, they value me, and they've paid me what I'm worth. I'll give you another little story. I have a friend of mine who's a carpenter, and a master carpenter. The guy is pretty amazing with his hands. He's also a, a contractor. And he used to tell me, he said, Lewis, when I look at something um, as a contractor and as a carpenter, when I look at a set of blueprints, I'm actually an artist. I'm taking someone's rendering, someone's you know outline of what it is, and I am making it a reality. So I am technically an artist. If I got paid as an artist and not as a craftsman, I would be worth millions of dollars. Now, a lot of times you may not be the millionaire, 
but let me tell you, you will have the feeling of a millionaire if you're proud of what you do and you like what you're doing. And I think that, you know, that's also something that with networking you could share with people. When you feel that pride, you can sh when you go into your networking groups, when you go to these designers, when you go to these people, you, you take pictures, you're just like, look at what I've done. Look at how, look at how great this is. And that, give, that builds confidence in you. People see that you're proud of what you do. People see that you know what you're talking about. And people respect you for it. Also, you know, carry, carry people's business cards. Um, bring their names with you. Have it set up on your phone as, as you know, a separate uh, phone book if you need. And become the person that people want to go over and... Uh, who want to go over and call you, not for what the work that you just do, but the people that you want to recommend. People are really, really into that. If they can call you, they feel you're an expert and that you know other experts, you become the guy that people want to call or the gal that people want to call to ask who they should use. What more do you need than to be able to be the guy that people calls because they want to know who to use? So establishing that within a networking community is a really important piece of the, of the puzzle. Well, I think that that is a pretty good overlook at, at yeah. networking. And networking today. and how to get started and get yeah. things going, sure. So again, we appreciate all our listeners. This is our second episode, and we hope to do many more of these. Uh, also remember, if you have tools and you're looking to try to keep uh, track of them, use tool tags. We love it. Um, it's really helped us get organized, tells us where things are. Um, you know, it's, it's a great little app. So go out there and, uh, you know, and, and try it out. See how you like it. And if you have any questions, please write them in. Give us a call. You know, uh, text us. Do something. Reach out. We are here. And we will try to answer any questions or have conversations about things that you like. Let us know. And also, if you have any other topics that you'd love to hear discussed by us or if you'd like to maybe be a guest or discuss something that you'd like to hear on a podcast, feel free to give us a call right on the cover of our podcast is Our Business Card. We have a phone number. We have an email address. Feel free to reach out. Thank you very much, Lewis, for you know being here with me. And thank you, Scott, for uh, putting this all together. And we hope And everybody... thank you, everybody out there, um, all our clients all our business associates, and anybody new out there. Thank you so much. And I hope everybody's staying healthy and safe in these crazy times. Everybody have a great day. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to A New Coat of Paint podcast. As always, these are your hosts, Scott and Lewis Katz. Please look us up on Twitter at new underscore coat or on Facebook at New Coat of Paint podcast. As always, we appreciate any likes, follows, listeners, and subscribers. Have a great day, and thank you.